morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. The goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that gets us thinking, gets us imagining, gets us out there doing things, gets us connected, and perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a bit more because we've made that connection. So it's coming up on the holiday season, and one of my most favorite of favorite things is to go to the ballet. And I love the Nutcracker. And I am delighted today we have Rick Vogt, who is the Associate Artistic Director of the Twin Cities Ballet Company. And a Minnesota Nutcracker is being produced December 13th through the 15th at the AIM Center of Burnsville. And I am delighted and well, I'm ecstatic to talk about ballet. So welcome, Rick. We're glad you're here today. Well, thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure. So the Minnesota uh, Nutcracker, all Minnesota Nutcracker, is coming up on the 13th or 15th, but it has a rich history of being developed, and your company has a rich history of coming to the Twin Cities and creating um, where it is today. What I'd love to do in this segment is give us a sense of the history of how uh, the Twin City Ballet Company came to be. I know it has some roots in education. Uh, tell me more about it, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll for sure talk about a Minnesota uh, Nutcracker throughout as well. Well, Twin Cities Ballet uh, came into its current form in in 2010. The the parent corporation was founded as a 501c3 back in 2003 for the sole purpose of performing. Uh, my wife, Denise Votes, who is the artistic director, uh, her Nutcracker. And for several years— So the very beginning the was be- based on bringing the Nutcracker to life. That was, that was the absolute beginning. Uh-huh. And it was—it didn't have a specific home. Uh, it, we, uh, Twin Cities Ballet would have open auditions. There were students from as many as 11 different local schools. And it existed as a— community effort and an educational programming to put together the Nutcracker so people had a chance to perform in a in a professional grade production. And we did that for several years until it started to grow and, and evolve and develop. In 2010, we realized that this had, had gone beyond a local production and a local uh, sort of a nonprofit community uh, effort, l- of sorts, effort yeah, level. Yeah. So we we changed the name, became Twin Cities Ballet of Minnesota, and became the resident dance company of AIM Center in Burnsville, which is a thousand-seat theater. It's the premier professional theater in the South Metro. It's a, a beautiful uh, location. So that was really the genesis of Twin Cities Ballet as a company as it moved towards its educational roots into a fully professional ballet company. And both you and your wife have uh, professional dance backgrounds. We were both professional ballet dancers. We met, we were dancing, we were dancing in the same ballet company in Germany, uh, then West Germany. It was mm-hmm. before the wall uh, came down. We met there, and when we retired, we moved back to the Twin Cities. I'm originally from St. Paul, so we moved back where I'm from and where my family was. I looked at both your biographies, a lot of story ballet for both of you in, in bringing stories to life. The story ballet is a key messaging, and, a, and, a, and it's a foundation of a lot of ballets uh, throughout history. We ourselves had been uh, in a lot of the classics, you know, Swan Lake and Sleeping Beauty and Giselle and Coppelia, 
And when we came, when we started Twin Cities Ballet, one of the goals was to make ballet relevant and accessible to the public in contemporary society. We started writing, and Denise uh, writes the libretto. She will write a story adaptation of the different ballets, Wizard of Oz, Beauty and the Beast, Narnia, based on uh, Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, we did a full-length rock ballet to Pink Floyd's The Wall. But the the goal is to bring these to life really in the tradition of the classics. That's how Swan Lake, that's how they all started. Somebody came up with an idea, took a known, either a fairy tale or a story, put together the music or had music composed and created this this event for people. And you want to change it up so contemporary audiences can relate. Um, I think there's an image of dance being something that, you know, maybe your parents took you to when you were a kid, but you have an image of just everything being tutus where you really bring more of the story to life and the excitement of the movement and the dance and traditional ballet into an, an, a new way of, of interpreting and experiencing it. We do try and not not be stuck in the 19th century. I right. think especially when we do something very contemporary, uh -huh. such as The Wall. You, Pink people, Floyd. People were wondering, well, how can you do ballet to The Wall? And, it's and, not something that would tumble to my first, like, <laughs> let's do Pink Floyd to ballet. Right. Well, they, and the, the reason they have trouble with the connection is uh -huh. they're picturing Swan Lake. They're picturing yeah. a line of women in white tutus, mm -hmm. not contemporary. I mean, that... That is from the late 19th century. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in the early 20th century, there was contemporary ballet yeah. that was far different, and it's mm -hmm. evolved a lot over the past hundred years. Mm -hmm. Ballet is still relevant. It is still meaningful. It has it's the foundation of Western dance. And just all as respects. Shakespeare is relevant to theater today, Absolutely. ballet is relevant to dance and expression. And discipline and letting go of some traditions intentionally and, and, and sticking to some intentionally as well? And taking the, taking the movement, taking the storylines so you can view it through the prism of contemporary life and still mm -hmm. resonate with you. Mm -hmm. The themes that make these classics classic are still there and they're still with us. So taking everything with a little bit of a twist, all of our story ballets are original story ballets. We, we haven't done like just a straight Swan Lake, mm -hmm. traditional Swan Lake or Giselle, mm -hmm. because that's at this point in this development isn't really what is our focus. Mm -hmm. So, for example, Beauty and the Beast, it's an original story adaptation of the original story line of Beauty and the Beast. There's no singing teacups. There's no <laughs> Disney music. Uh -huh. It was a whole classical score composed uh -huh. specifically for our production based on the story. They call it a libretto, the story mm -hmm. outline for a ballet. Mm -hmm. It's called the libretto. Uh, so it, it, how does that relate to people? Can they see how it's happening? You know, we did a Cinderella. Cinderella 1944 was based in World War II London, and mm -hmm. it was inspired by the Cinderella themes. Sure. So there wasn't a straight just do Cinderella in another time. Mm -hmm. You know, she did meet uh, a handsome army air, uh, army captain in the Army Air Corps mm -hmm. and, and fall in love, but he knew who she was and, and knew what size shoe she had. <laughs> so there's some, <laughs> of the <Amazingly. laughs> some of the elements we just sort of don't, don't follow through, sure. but we'll, we'll touch on those. So they're but it's a both, part, but we all know the story, so yeah. you give each other sort of liberties. Sure. In, they're, well, it's both familiar and uh -huh. new at mm -hmm. the same time, mm -hmm. and, and in an enjoyable way. People come to us and they say, wow, I didn't know that's what ballet was. Mm. 
And one of my favorite lines I asked, I was good not to say, did you like it? But I asked, it was a boyfriend of one of our dancers. He hadn't seen ballet before. And so I phrased it. I said, is this what you expected? She said, no, no, it was really good. <laughs> sort of Without backed into that least. one. And I'm like, okay, oh, well. <laughs> I guess you had low expectations. But he was, he was amazed. He loved it. And I don't think everyone appreciates the athletics. I mean, the muscle, the the strength, the power of the dance, and how that can come through in ballet. And and really, it's as it's as strenuous and demanding as any sport. Mm-hmm. The athleticism, the training regimen that you have to go through to be a professional ballet dancer is is the equivalent of any any other sport or athletic event. You have to have gross motor skills, fine motor skills, strength, flexibility, balance, musicality. And on top of that, you're supposed to make it look easy. <laughs> you can't, Without effort. <laughs> you can't grunt and go, I just Especially lift, in those lifts. <laughs> I just lifted someone. You have to you know, do it and, and smile grace. afterwards. Yes. And you can, you can huff and puff and catch your breath as soon as you leave stage. <laughs> well, I am interested on in how you decided to go into ballet initially and, and your trajectory that ended up as a, a lawyer uh, and then coming back and running a ballet company. And I know we don't have as much time in finishing up this first segment, but we'll talk a little bit more also in the second segment. But what was your inspiration? Why did you decide to go into ballet? I saw... The Nutcracker on television. Oh my goodness! So it comes back to the Nutcracker again. And it was—I didn't realize what I was seeing. We were—we mm-hmm. were on a ski trip. Mm-hmm. I had been, you know, downhill skied all my mm-hmm. life, and we were on our way to the mountains. We got snowed in in North Platte, Nebraska, I think it was. And we were in this hotel, and I thought, you know, I've never seen a ballet. Let's check that out. And I watched it, and I was just blown away. I—I I had no idea that's what ballet was. And I didn't realize I was watching Mikhail Baryshnikov ah, yes. um, and ABT. But the the athleticism, yes. the, the 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 fact that he could jump the way he did and turn and move and and lift people, the whole thing just I was just blown away. It's like Plus, my whole he, he world was magic was, there. I mean, his character is such that he he you made it made it feel like you were the only person in the audience when you were watching it because he was playing for you. I mean, he had such charisma as well. He did, and I seeing that uh, it. it took a while. I thought, you know, I might try that. That sounds like an interesting... So it wasn't some lifelong dream for me. Uh-huh. It was pretty late. I was a junior in high school wow. when I started dancing. And it really... I just started taking once a week, took an adult beginner class. And I, I sort of thought this was fun. I thought I'd do it some more. And by the second month, I was taking every single day. I just, I just threw myself into it wholeheartedly and then just trained like crazy. I had to catch up. And you've done quite a bit of um, interesting work, West Side Story, Chicago, for the musicals. Uh, then you movies, of course. You were uh, Footloose, the original movie. <laughs> then you're all over the country and all over Europe as well. Well, it, it takes you around. I mean, if you're on tour, you know, one company can hit many, many states mm-hmm. and perform in different places. I've also danced. Dancers still are are gypsies. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we do tend to move. You've got such a short career. Mm-hmm. You want to get the most out of it mm-hmm. that you can. So even in even some places, people really enjoy where they are. They, there's still that, but maybe I should try something else. And there's always an evolution. I mean, Baryshnikov himself, a lot of people, they were sad. They didn't get to see the big, huge bravura variations because even at the peak of his career, he started experimenting with mm-hmm. Twyla Tharp and more mm-hmm. of the contemporary work. Because that's what he wanted to to, mm-hmm. to do as well. 
And then went off and did films as well and produced and directed. And White Nights was a great, you know, yes. way back when. <laughs> yeah. So there was, there was that. Yeah, so we we do travel, we do move around. Some place, some people are very fortunate; they find that company, stick with that one company, for for a long time, and that's great too. It, whatever works with their their career and their life, their development. Was it ever your dream to have uh, your own theater, your own ballet company? Never. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> I, even as a dancer, I really wasn't interested in even choreographing. Uh, they had events where the dancers had opportunities to choreograph, and uh, just I was focusing then on dancing. I didn't, I didn't plan to be a teacher, choreographer, coach, or here, a director. And here you are doing all of that. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and I want to encourage my audience to make sure you go see a Minnesota Nutcracker, December 13th through the 15th. You can go to the Ames Center to go see that. Now, to get tickets, go to the TwinCitiesBallet.org and look at their upcoming performances. It's going to be wonderful. And we'll be learning more about a Minnesota Nutcracker as well as some of the other um, the other members of Twin City Ballet and its history and the rich stories that they bring to our Twin Cities area. So we'll be right back after just a couple of commercials, so stay with us. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. We're talking about a Minnesota Nutcracker taking place December 13th through the 15th at the AIM Center in Burnsville. And we have Rick Vogt, who is the Associate Artistic Director of Twin Cities Ballet, a wonderful company that has a rich history of education and and its heart has started from and keeps continuing the delightful Nutcracker. Yes, thanks. Thanks. And uh, we uh, developed through the years uh, as our original parent corporation was, it's called Lakeville City Ballet. That's mm-hmm. the 501c3. It is a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. We do rely on on donations and support. I would like to give a quick shout out to the Minnesota State Arts Board, who has given us a uh, ongoing uh, operation support grant. So thank you to the voters of Minnesota who are making Twin Cities Ballet possible. Uh, we adopted the name Twin Cities Ballet in, in 2010 in conjunction with our move to Ames Center. And the overview says here that you're uh, a nonprofit professional dance company that creates original full-length and shorter story ballets, uh, a rare and nearly lost art, as well as more abstract contemporary ballet-based works. And you're considered an emerging gem. I think you're already (laughs) a gem. I don't think you're emerging at all. Uh, But you have built really a good financial following, and you've got some national recognition for your creative works. Yes, and the the fundamental goal is to really make ballet accessible to to provide these kind of stories whether it's thematic in an abstract way to to touch the audiences and and not just ballet fans with mm-hmm. long-term mm-hmm. experience uh, really frustrated is when said I don't go to ballet because I don't think I'll understand it right. or I don't know if it's good or not or I'm intimidated ballet is very approachable if done well and with the story that that you can relate to the, the story makes it much easier because then gives you're, you access. You're following along. You can mm-hmm. you recognize the story. Our stories they are original uh, adaptations. So Denise, uh, the who's the artistic director, she will write the libretto mm-hmm. and the the story of the ballet, where it it ties in with 
elements and themes of these classic stories, but in a way that we can present, the audience will be able to follow along without being confused, without being intimidated. It is accessible. It's approachable. And develop that love of ballet that we have. You also have outreach. You do education and you interact with children all over, bringing art and dance and history into schools and uh, opportunities for children to interact in the arts. Part of our Part of our mission is to bring ballet and, and make dance accessible to all. And with the students and the outreach, we've, could, we've done, uh, collaborated with local school districts. We've done it with uh, art centers and other community. And we've done shows with uh, Minneapolis Institute of Art or the, for instance, Lakeville uh, School District themselves, the Lakeville Area Art Center. We do a number of different things. Uh, we do combinations of lecture demonstrations where we talk about the history of ballet and then show it. We bring mm -hmm. the professional dancers to these events. Sometimes they're little hour-long programs. We've done uh, miniature versions. We, we call it mini Nutcracker or mini Narnia. And it's an abridged version designed to introduce either novices or younger people to the art of ballet, explain what ballet is, that you can tell a story through music and movement without words. Mm -hmm. And then we have the professional dancers there. We'll maybe dictate or, or narrate a little bit. Here's what's going to happen next. And then we'll show excerpts of the mm -hmm. actual performances, but without the full sets, costumes, backdrops, etc. Now, the very first Nutcracker that was put on, your, um, your wife, Denise, put that on originally? The original f basis yeah. was a school show, and it was uh, she was teaching in a local school and decided that there was no kind of Christmas event or recital that maybe they should do some excerpts of the Nutcracker that became a full length Nutcracker. But it was a school performance. It was it was designed for the students to have opportunities, and for several years, and this is back in the '90s uh, before Twin Cities Ballet was founded, the Sometimes they'd hire in some a couple of professionals just to upgrade it, and but that was really the purpose. Then the five hundred one c three, the nonprofit, was founded in two thousand three. Following the two thousand two shows, we realized, in order to continue this and develop and give the opportunity, we needed to be able to have a a, a structure, mm -hmm. a, a funding source, mm -hmm. and so that's when what was then Lakeville City Ballet, which then became Twin Cities Ballet. They are the same. If anyone's looking it up and you <laughs> yes. see Lakeville City Ballet, that is the same entity. Um, and then that developed over over years, uh, for about six years, uh, performing the, essentially just the Nutcracker and educational outreach programs. And each year doing it just a little bit better. Every year. <laughs> and, and that's part of our – maybe it's our own artistic creativity or our perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Every year – both before and after we became Twin Cities Ballet, the Nutcracker has always evolved. People who see it year after year will always see something new. There's new choreography. There's different things added. It might be sets or costumes or an elaboration of 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 a scene. But there's always we're always tweaking it, improving it, substituting uh, something superior for something before. Now, you mentioned in our last segment that you met your wife in Germany when you were both there, in West Germany at that point before the wall. Uh, she's originally from London. She's from London, and we met in Germany. We were dancing in the same ballet company in Kiel, West Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, we 
We were both in Germany for a number of years. Uh, we got married while we were still dancing in Germany. And uh, then when we moved back, we, we relocated to Minnesota, to the Twin Cities, because that's where I'm originally from, St. Paul. And I, I think back to also in the last segment, you're talking about the 1944 Cinderella. I mean, it's, it has an international flavor to it. And that that really was a a, a wonderful project. She, she probably spent two years researching, looking into, interviewing people in London, people who had lived through the war and the mm-hmm. Blitz. The, there was a huge educational component for the students. They made their own gas mask boxes just oh, the way goodness. they did from a from sure. a pattern we had from World War II. Sure. And they took on English names uh, as their characters, even though they were just the masses. So they really learned a lot just from a history standpoint, as did we all, trying to adapt the story, how this would work, how we can fit it in. You know, and it's it touches on the Cinderella themes. Her parents were killed in a in the in a in an attack, mm-hmm. in a blitz, and then mm-hmm. she was sent off to the country as an evacuee to live with her aunt and two cousins. Oh, two fe- so that's sort of the stepmother. Sure. There was a little local school country dance. Some Americans show up from the local air base, put on, you know, a, a swing dance like <laughs> it was sing, 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 and sure. it burst into a big swing dance number. Yeah. And then during the course of the evening, she meets this handsome captain in the Army Air Corps, and they fall in love. The midnight, they kiss. The air raid sirens go off. Wow. So that's why he had to leave. She does drop her shoe. But I he, like that he had to leave, not he her. He <laughs> has to leave and run away, yeah, because uh-huh. they have to go fight. Sure. Um, and he did pick up her shoe, but he knows it's her shoe, <laughs> and she know, and he knows who she is and what she looks like. <laughs> so, but what happens then is eight months go by, and it stops. And there's a little newsreel come back, uh, rolls down an old 1940s, mm-hmm. you know, VE day, and the, the war is over, and they show her all by herself, just kind of reminiscing, scrubbing the floor. He comes back for her uh, after the war. How wonderful! And so it's it it has so, a really good emotional resonance on those themes. And what I love when you're telling me this story is it it innovates the story as well as the dance. And so it's all about creating a contemporary access and innovation. But it may reflect history. It may reflect all kinds of things that are opportunities for us to continue to learn through art. And it's all the the framework and the, Mm -hmm. the structure within which we tell the story and, more importantly, convey the emotions. Well, in our next segment, we're going to be talking more about a Minnesota nutcracker and how some Minnesota scenes are going to be cropping up and innovating the nutcracker. Uh, I highly encourage our audience to buy tickets to go see a Minnesota nutcracker. That's December 13th through the 15th. It is in Burnsville at the AIM Center. And you can get tickets by just going to their website, and that's TwinCitiesBallet.org. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm your host, Lori Fitz, and we're talking ballet. I don't know if you had a chance as a kid to go see The Nutcracker, but I was very blessed and had a chance. And even before I went to The Nutcracker, my parents bought me a record that on one side was The Nutcracker, the story and the music, and on the other side was Peter and the Wolf. And uh, I had great imagination about what could be in a ballet, even before I went to the ballet. Uh, and, and, and love seeing 
the magic of ballet on stage. And so I'm delighted today to have the Associate Artistic Director, Rick Vogt, who is um, telling, talking to us today about Twin Cities Ballet as well as a Minnesota Nutcracker. Uh, a Minnesota Nutcracker does take place December 13th through the 15th at the Ames Center in Burnsville. And to get to their website, just go to twinscityballet.org, and you can read about the, nut, the a Minnesota Nutcracker as well as buy tickets. So let's talk about a Minnesota Nutcracker. How does, how does this show pay homage to Minnesota, and in particular, Twin Cities? A Minnesota Nutcracker is is essentially it's a traditional Nutcracker with a Minnesota twist is, is how we phrase it. Looking at the plethora of Nutcrackers that exist, it seems like every company and every little school now is is doing some kind of Nutcracker. Um, we decided we wanted to re- connect in a better way, in a more uh, geographically. Ge- geocentric way with where we're from. We are Twin Cities Ballet of and, Minnesota. And, and part of the innovation so that people connect with the piece. They'll connect with it and there's there's some fun. You recognize certain things. So we have custom designed and painted backdrops and the settings have changed. So they are still getting Tchaikovsky's music. It's still Clara and Drosselmeyer. They, they still go to the land of the sweets. I mean, you've got the traditional nutcracker. So, and I say that because some people hear it and they're like, oh, no. <laughs> Is this Oli and Lena go ice fishing? No, it's really the Nutcracker. Uh, but a Minnesota Nutcracker has the, the settings of change. Don't take so, away my plum fairy. <laughs> that's exactly. So it, you know, the opening scene, it, it, it's in Rice Park in St. Paul. There's a, you know, the landmark center right there. It's like you're right in that park. You can see the Capitol and the cathedral up on the hill. The, we took a little liberty with some of the statuary. Uh-huh. So you have ice sculptures reminiscent of the winter carnival mm-hmm. but they're all there's a swan there's a nutcracker there's ballet related sculptures and the and main the main sculpture in the middle is a is a woman in a tutu on point <laughs> well and what's wonderful about that park is it's one of the most historical um, performance parks it was one of the first places that the circus would come to the territory and actually perform there so by picking that you really pick sort of a heart of performance as well of minnesota and it seems like a very you know when just looking at what around the Twin Cities is that identifiable, that you can kind of get three landmarks mm-hmm. in one little scene, in mm-hmm. one painting. Um, and we, we thought that would be a wonderful place to start. Uh, it moves to a Summit Avenue mansion. And that's an inside shot. But if you look carefully out the windows, you can see the cathedral. There's mm-hmm. a, the Capitol. If you took the buildings away, you could actually see the Capitol there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there is a place on Summit Avenue. It's actually in the middle of the street. You do have that view. Uh, then it moves the snow scene uh, to the banks of the Mississippi in Minneapolis. Mm. And there's a beautiful moonlit uh, stone arch bridge in the background. You would essentially be down below the Guthrie, where the mm-hmm. new Guthrie Theater is. Mm-hmm. If you were kind of down on that bank looking, you would have that background. And then... And what most people don't realize, but the Sugar Plum Fairies Palace, and I, I like to challenge the kids. Nobody can figure <laughs> this out. It's it's patterned after the second floor rotunda of the Minnesota State Capitol. Oh, really? So you have all the arches sure. and the pillars. We've just replaced the statues instead of a man in a top hat and you know a, uh-huh. and a coat and a cane. It's uh-huh. 
it's a uh, Arabian dancer or a uh-huh. you know Chinese dancer, you know, from the different dances from from the Nutcracker. And what a wonderful idea to take our politics essentially, you know, and create an international sense of uh, sugar plum fairies, which is just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Hadn't quite thought of it that way. <laughs> but why not? I mean, why not go to the rotunda? Yeah, uh, but it's you, and you also have to imagine the rotunda without the big hole in the floor. Sure. Sure. So take away, <laughs> fill in the hole, and then it, it just repeats. So uh-huh. it's, it, it really is trying to give that sense of something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. The ballet itself, I believe, was already very distinctive in the way it approaches doing uh, the full-length Nutcracker ballet. Mm-hmm. We have we incorporate humor, humor and and interest. There's the there's the entertainment factor that just makes it enjoyable. I've had. People who come, and I didn't quite know how to believe them, but they say, oh, this was better than some major company in the country. Uh-huh. And it's like, no, it wasn't. It can't be, right? But they they enjoy it more right. because they are entertained. They still get this top high-quality professional dancing, but they have fun. When you, when you giggle, you, you get inside your heart. You know, when it's something you can appreciate grander, but if it's something that you can relate to and enjoy and remember and treasure, it has a special place. And one of the way – a lot of nutcrackers involve a lot of children, mm-hmm. so that's not a new thing. There are professional companies that don't really use kids, and, and sometimes they're just not as fun. Mm-hmm. I, I, people like watching little kids if they're used well. Mm-hmm. What we try to avoid is children or students doing parts that should be done by adults, right. that should be done by – or at least – very advanced dancers, mm-hmm. then it looks like a recital. Right. We use the children in parts that are either small people, like angels or the mice, mm-hmm. or their children, the mm-hmm. mother ginger's children, or in the party scene. And mm-hmm. they're all different ages, children. You can have some you know, eight-year-olds and some 14-year-olds because it's a party. Sure. You don't have everyone the exact same age. So we do try, and that's part of Twin Cities Ballet's mission as well, is to give these opportunities for students to be in a professional production in a professional theater with professional choreographers dancing alongside professional dancers. And that is is unique. And it's an experience that really stays with them their whole life. Different from a school show where you might have one or two professionals, mm-hmm. it's really that opportunity to be in that level. And, and it it goes all way. The dancers love working with the kids. The kids love being in these shows with the dancers. And my guess is that they like to come back and see the shows. After they've been able to perform in it, they feel sort of a kindred spirit to the show going up each year. We have – usually they don't get to see it till they're adults because uh-huh. they've been in it all every year. Sure. <laughs> they say, can we ever see a Nutcracker? Yeah. We've, we've had students come back with their kids. Oh. And they, they, they come back and they train in the school and they come and see the Nutcracker and they grow up. We've, what a generational gift. It does. It starts to become a, a tradition that mm-hmm. carries on over time. Mm-hmm. So usually we the, I guess I, the way I like to phrase it, the use of children in a way that enhances the production, not instead of mm-hmm. advanced dancers and students. So that's something we really try to do and I think we do it well. What was it? Sounds like it was part of your intention in going into a professional focus, uh, going from educational to performance with education. It is the the growth of Twin Cities Ballet is it essentially it's since 2010 we became Twin Cities Ballet 
became the resident dance company of, of Ames Center. Mm -hmm. We hired our first full season-long professional dancers in 2013. Mm -hmm. So the gross, and it was two dancers. And then we still had project dancers coming in for the different shows. We now have 14 adults. Wow. Um, you know, seven full company members. We have a number of an adult apprentices. And, and in addition to the advanced students and the whole body of... So the cast of a Minnesota Nutcracker is over 130. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, people involved, counting everyone. I have to imagine part of that is the stage itself as well, in that were, did you have 130 back in 2002 when you were first getting started? Or does the Ames um, space allow for a, a larger participation? The there's a there's a lot of theaters there's high school theaters even that are the same size oh, really? they're, they're a thousand seats and they've got mm -hmm. beautiful stages the mm -hmm. difference was really more in the quality of the space okay. and 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 for the audience experience you know you could have the most beautiful high school and and that could be a great place to do certain things but it's still a high school mm -hmm. um, walking into Ames it's a professional theater and they have a beautiful park outside with fountains and 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 statuary you know, sculptures. And the uh, technology, I'm sure, on, of all of what's available the, in the, the, the technology the is up. Yeah. And, and, but I think the growth was more due to the, the interest and the expansion and growth of the company itself than the space, mm -hmm. although it, it is very accessible. I mean, Ames Center is it's 15 minutes south of Minneapolis. It's right off of 35W. It's it's easier to get to Ames Center from South Minneapolis than to go downtown Minneapolis. <laughs> and it has free yeah. parking. I mean, it's bang. 20 yeah. minutes from St. Paul. It's just right there. It's very – I think a lot of people think, Burnsville, where is that? Sure. You know, Lakeville, Burnsville, that's an hour drive through cows or something. <laughs> it's really close <laughs> and very yeah, convenient. Would you say that there's something um, special about this production – that you'd like to share with the audience that's maybe a little different than last year or the years before? Each year we expand and uh, and adapt depending on who we have. And as we look, maybe we've seen a scene for several years. There's some Sometimes it's not noticeable. Sometimes it's very clear. We might have new costumes or something. Or I, uh, three years ago, re-choreographed the Arabian dance because we had professional dancers and put a, a partnering up out of the... This year, there's been a, in it, there's been re-choreographed sections that most people won't notice unless they've seen it. There, the scene where Clara and, and the Nutcracker before the snow scene has suddenly become almost a full pas de deux. There's a, there's mm. a lot of overhead lifts and you know mm. big you know turns and it's it's developed from a transition to quite a uh, a strong. Piece on a, a, a piece, the, yeah. we, as, as still fitting within the story. So the, a lot of a lot of the changes and adaptations aren't noticeable as a separate, brand new thing. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, we have a new throne, or right. something <laughs> that everyone can say, "Ooh, I like the new throne." Uh -huh. Usually, people come and they don't necessarily know why it was better. Uh, one of my uh, favorite compliments was a, a professional musician had played with the Minnesota Orchestra. He came and he said, you know, I've just been trying to figure out where you cut the music. I said, well, what are you talking about? He goes, well, because how, how did you make it shorter? I couldn't figure out what you did. And I said, we didn't cut a note. It's the mm. full thing. And he said, wow, it, it went by so fast. That <laughs> magical. Just, 
And I thought that yeah. was, and he had seen a lot of Nutcrackers. <laughs> and he was dating a, a ballet dancer. Um, anyway, it was, it's, it's, it's fun. You know, I think it's And fun. it's something that you can bring your family, um, you can bring friends. It's just, it has that, it, it is part of the holidays. It is part of the tradition. But I, I love the idea that you are honoring our Twin Cities and honoring our St. Paul in Minneapolis. And I, I have to imagine that children love that too, to be able to recognize. It, it, it's fun to have a faraway place, but it also is very special to recognize and to celebrate where you're from and see it on stage. Well, thank you. It's, we, we try. So for the audience wanting to see this, and I know I'm going to go see it, um, it's a Minnesota Nutcracker Ballet. December 13th through the 15th. You can go to website by going to TwinCitiesBallet.org. Buy your tickets there. Uh, get them now. Uh, it might just sell out, so get them ahead of time. And I'll look forward to seeing you there. And stay with us. We have one more segment that we'll be talking about, uh, a, nut cr a Minnesota Nutcracker. Radio Show. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host, and we've been talking about the Nutcracker, and we've been in particularly um, celebrating a Minnesota Nutcracker that's taking place December 13th through the 15th at the Ames Center in Burnsville. Magical place where we're bringing ballet to life and allowing us to have access to innovation and ways to do ballet in marvelous ways that have updated and, and created a cool factor in going to see the ballet that I highly encourage you to go see. It's December 13th through the 15th. Uh, you can get tickets by going to TwinCitiesBallet.org. And we're also going to be talking about some of the other uh, performances coming up. But before we do, we want to make sure that you know that this uh, ballet uh, show, the uh, Minnesota Nutcracker, is really for all ages. It's for three-year-olds to 90-year-olds. If you love the ballet and you go to the ballet, it's a wonderful ballet. If you've never gone to the ballet, it's a wonderful ballet. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful way to celebrate the holidays. So often we get busy and we're looking for gifts and the spirit of Christmas kind of gets missed in all of it. If, if you want to bring back really the beauty of Christmas and time to come together as a family, I highly recommend going to see this show. And Bill Vogt, excuse me, Rick Vogt, who is the <laughs> Associate Artistic Director, is here today to talk to us about a Minnesota Nutcracker, as well as their other shows coming up. Well, thank you. And just to follow up on one thing you said, the, the all ages, yes. really, we've had people who, I, I many, many times, I get almost word for word the same scenario. My child, can I, I need to sit near the aisle. They don't hold still more than 10 minutes. They come back and say, I can't believe it. Didn't move for two hours. <laughs> Sat mesmerized. It's a very approachable ballet. It's, if you've never been to a ballet, this is one of the easiest ones to see. Everybody knows all the music. The story's fun. It, it has a lot of different short scenes. So maybe find something not as interesting as something else. It only lasts for a few minutes and it shifts to something new. So it's, it's a really great family event or just to whether you're a ballet fan or not as you said i think it's a it's a great great opportunity to experience and what's special about this one is that it it really celebrates our minnesota so if you're you're proud of st paul and minneapolis as i am um you can come see the ballet come to life in minnesota and this is yeah and we've done this every year um so i encourage people to come we have uh, other shows coming up as well. All of our shows, 
we tend to we attempt to make it so they resonate in some way intellectually emotionally through the pure joy of dance some of our programs are more abstract we might delve into much more uh, details we did a piece inspired by the handmaid's tale that was quite dark and intense or a, a new rendition of a firebird where instead of the misogynistic hunter captures the woman and it's how would you really meet how would you react if you met a you know anthropomorphic <laughs> bird you, you might be a little bit frightened yourself I, I, I think I might be so there those type of things we have a brand new uh, Ballet, the Ruby Slippers, a Wizard of Oz ballet. That looks just charming as all get out. Seeing the Ruby Slippers on a ballet dancer, I thought was magical. And 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 that's very fun. Again, it's an original adaptation of the of the books and the story. We are doing a. We've done the full length rock ballet to Pink Floyd's The Wall, which we will be doing again this year, uh, in conjunction with a fundraiser for the Lakeville Area Arts Center. It's a little bit different focus. Our educational outreaches do but, continue. But before we leave the wall, I'm taking a look at, and again, the website is TwinCitiesBallet.org. The wall looks very cool. This, the ballet dancers in jeans, or it looks like jeans. They are jeans. They're technically yeah. jeggings. They're, okay. they're flexible. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but they are. It is a contemporary ballet. They are on point. It is ballet, but it's very contemporary. The movement. There's no tutus. There's okay. uh, it because it's rock music. It's and Pink we, Floyd. We can convey that story. There's a lot of. Uh, analysis of the meanings of each of the songs, how to interpret, mm-hmm. come up with our own individual story arc that will resonate and bring this forward to life. Uh, one of the critics said in, in many ways it was more rewarding than the original, which is uh. like, whoa, careful saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got Ruby Slippers, A Wizard of Oz, and that's May 8th through May 10th. And then Mini Narnia looks like it's March 28th. And the Mini Narnia, that's another educational outreach program, an abridged version of the Chronicles of Narnia designed to introduce children or novices. Well, the Aslan Lion looks absolutely delightful. <laughs> and we've had incredible, you know, our costumes, our sets, are, these, the costuming is phenomenal, and it's almost all done by volunteers, spending hundreds and hundreds of hours sewing and gluing and creating these for us. So I know I have parents and grandparents out there that are looking to do something special with their families. Consider going to see a Minnesota Nutcracker at this season. And then in the spring, take a look at their website. Keep up with what they're doing because once you see this uh, delightful ballet, you'll want to see the others as well. So make sure you go to their website, and that's TwinCitiesBallet.org, and check out a Minnesota Nutcracker. We're so glad you were here today to talk to us about the ballet and about um, what you're bringing to the Twin Cities. With well, thank you your, very much. Your international dance troupe. You're at least folks from all over the country, which is great to have. All our dancers from all over the country have moved here to dance with us. To celebrate Minnesota. That's right. Make it their home. So make sure you go. I'll be sure to, to look for you at the uh, Minnesota Nutcracker, December 13th through the 15th, AIM Center, Burnsville. It's just 15 minutes from the Twin Cities. Don't miss it. And we'll be looking for you. Yeah.